0: I think first thing I just want to say is thank you so much for that faithful word this morning, just reminding us of the goodness of Christ and that infinite love of Christ and, and the way that that message crescendoed and then celebrating the baptisms and then all I have is Christ, right? The, I don't know his sermon. I don't know where he's going. I think you picked the final song, um, but the Lord was in that, and uh, praise God for that. So thankful. Oh, so thanks, thankful. Thanks for having me.
1: What a privilege. What a blessing. Oh wow! It's been it's been great. Are all
0: Swedes as animated as you?
1: As oh no no, I'm I'm kind of a strange strange speech. You're a strange Swede.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I wondered a little bit, and I'm like, I know Johnny, and he's really pretty calm, and he's he's into the text. It was wonderful. I loved it. It was great. Um, So you're a regular when it comes to preaching in English. Like you've preached in English 50 times.
1: Sure, sure, minus 48. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that was the second time preaching in English. So uh, I was thinking to myself, when you use words like grandiose and sublimity, I'm thinking, he's got vocabulary that a lot of Americans don't have. That was pretty <laughs> impressive. That was impressive. Um, so uh, maybe just greet us and say some things in Swedish, since I'm guessing most of us are unfamiliar with the language. Oh.
1: Hej och välkomna till Johnny och Brad's café program. Hoppas att ni har en trevlig stund här tillsammans. It's like a conference here. Welcome to our coffee shop talk. Okay.
0: <laughs> that's what this is, coffee shop yeah. talk. But you don't drink coffee. I don't,
1: no. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I do enjoy good food and, and yep. edible.
0: And you say Swedes don't have very good food.
1: No, no, that's too bad. Lots of <laughs> pickled stuff and, and, yeah.
0: Pickled things. Yeah. Like, like pickled fish?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Pickled herring. It's a big thing in Sweden. Pickled herring. Yeah.
0: So in another time, I need to tell you about one of my hazing episodes in college and water polo with pickled herring and warm milk, but that's for another time. (laughs) Sounds nasty. I will never touch pickled herring again. Um, So uh, okay, so tell us first a little bit about your family, uh, your wife, how you met your wife, kids.
1: Um, I met my wife uh, when uh, we were six years old. Her father is a pastor, was a pastor. Uh, came through a little uh, small town we lived. Uh, I grew up in a farm. We never got to know one another properly, though. So we got to know one another when we were 20, 21. Uh, And when we did that, I just fell madly in love with her. She was not that respondent, though. (laughs) Uh, Funny how that happens. (laughs) (laughs) She was about to move to Gothenburg, three hours uh, southwest. And I stopped her. So I got a new job. I got an apartment in the same city so I could be near her.
0: Did you tell her any of that?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I I pronounced my my sincere and eternal love for her. uh, And she just wept.
0: (laughs) 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 Oh, man. And there was no, like, no restraining order on you or anything? do they have those in Sweden? Well, I assume I, they must. You know,
1: I, I uh, thinking back, she, there must have been some, some ounce of interest because otherwise she would have called the police. Yeah, I think uh, so too. So yeah, and, mm, I, I wore her out. It took six months. It took six and, months. And then she just resigned. Okay. okay.
0: So you're an animated <laughs> and persistent Swede. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. Very much so.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. And uh, you were married. What year?
1: Uh 25.
0: Okay, when you're 25 years old, and okay, so that would have been when? What yeah, so I'm,
1: I met her. So I'm, I was born in 1980. Okay. Uh, so 25 years old is 2005. Gotcha. So and I met met her around. Well, I got to know her around the age of 22. Two, 2002.
0: Okay. So you married around 17 years.
1: No, married around 25 years.
0: You got. How long have we've How long? How How long long been? been married? Yes. Now the English is, the, now, now we're missing one another. <laughs> That's good. That's yeah, good. Yeah. You've been married for roughly for 17 years. roughly 17. Yeah. 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 Okay. Good. Yeah. All right. We're That's right. Break. Thank you. Um, Thank you. And, and maybe this would be a fine time. There's, I mean, COVID has presented some challenges to all of us, but there have been some real health challenges in your family and with your wife in particular. You want to share a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. So, well, we all got COVID, I guess most of us. Um, she got COVID, uh, I think around April, uh, a year ago. Yeah, it should have been April, March, April. Uh, and we all recovered. It took time. She did not. Uh, so since then she's been struggling with this long haul COVID, um, chronic headache, fatigue, um, heightened heart rate, which means she's not able to work. Uh, For the first year, she was able, she had maybe two hours of energy in her each day. Uh, So she went to work, did that for two hours, and then went home and was out. Uh, We all got COVID again uh, last January, uh, which was like a cold for the rest of us. But for her, she got worse. So she went from bad to worse, and now she's not working at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that would be one item of prayer um, for her recovery. It's Mm. It's not fun, uh, while at the same time we uh, enjoy God's goodness in in this uh, providential time.
0: Yeah. Uh, when we pray later, Wes, would you just make a particular point to pray for uh, Anna, for Aunt Anna, Anna. Both works. No, we, yeah, but we're...
1: well, in Swedish we we say Anna. It's a short A. I think that the uh, a good. English pronunciations would be Anna.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. For his wife, that would be yeah. wonderful. Wes, if you would, if you would, if you would pray for that, because that's, I mean, you have two children. Yeah. Ages.
1: Seven and nine. Linnea is seven. Jacob is nine.
0: Yeah. And I wasn't able to get those pictures off your phone. That would have been fun. We could have shown them the pictures. Oh yeah. 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 Maybe we'll work on that later. Oh. Um. So. You're from Sweden. Uh, when I think of Sweden, I think of Ikea, yeah. Volvo.
1: Sure, yeah.
0: Sobs, but no one really drives those anymore.
1: Unfortunately, no, it's a great car.
0: Yeah, um, ABBA, the band. Yeah, not a fan. Not a fan. No. <laughs> like, and it's, it's a home to a lot of pop music.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a big export in Sweden, Yeah.
0: yeah. What else should we know about Sweden? Does everyone play hockey? Do they ice fish? Like, well, yeah,
1: actually, yeah. Uh, the Americans thought it was a very fun thing that when so we came to Washington D.C. Our our kids were they turned one and three at that time, and we uh, so when it was uh, Linnea's nap time, we just put a lot of clothes on her, put her in a stroller outside in the winter. Uh, and the Americans found that strange.
0: <laughs> that you left your kid outside in the middle of winter? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what Swedes do for fun.
1: There might be uh, some, some something more to the story, but let, let's just leave it there. Just it leave it great. there? Okay, yeah. we'll
0: leave it there. Were you taking a lesson from John's discipline class this morning? Maybe? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, But uh, but in in all seriousness, like, what do Swedes do for fun? Like, tell us a little bit about the country. Population, maybe? Uh,
1: It would be, I think, a little more than 10 million people in in the whole country.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, Two kind of major cities. Uh, Stockholm on the East Coast would be the capital, around 2.5 million. Stockholm, uh, sorry, Gothenburg, uh, my hometown, um, about 1 million. Uh, and then most of the medium-sized cities would be 150,000, 200,000 people. 150,000, 200, um, Yeah. Uh, soccer would be the big sport. Hockey for the enthusiasts. It's more expensive. Mm. Um, very outdoorsy people. Um, so, you know, if you're just indoor, inside, uh, we all learn when we were small kids, you just need to get out. Mm. Go out have some fresh air.
0: That's why you put your child outside and stuck them well, in the you know, in the middle of the Well, you know, they sleep really yeah. well in the cold. It's just, I don't know why. Yeah, it's it's just... called hypothermia at any rate. <laughs> uh, so we, we often moan in the U.S. about taxes. Uh, yeah. And we were talking, your, your currency is the krona. Is that right? The krona. Yep. Right. So for every krona you earn, how much does the government take when you add it all up?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a complicated system. So um, there, are, there are numerous taxes we, we have to kind of pass through uh, until we kind of have money to spend. Uh, so it, it would add up around 77%. And I've heard, I don't know who, who, who you know, beats us, but I've heard we're number four worldwide.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, this is getting to a different conversation. That's not a list I'd like to top. But that's just me speaking personally. Um, That's 77 cents on every dollar. That's crazy. Uh, But that's really not what we've come to talk about. Um, So the religious landscape. So how many of you have been to Sweden before? Wow. Okay, so Ryan and Stephen, when they went. Okay, You're, you're cheating. Yeah. So we sent Ryan and Stephen to evaluate the work because, you know, as elders, we're not going to start considering carefully something that we haven't had boots on the ground, got to see it, um, kind of, you know, test it, poke at it, and the rest. Um, and they came back and said, Johnny's legit. Uh, and so, they're the two people have been to Sweden. None of us have been there. Um, so, maybe tell us a little bit, like, what's the religious landscape like in Sweden? Um, what percent of the people might be evangelical, you know, gospel-believing, just in the, you know, in the biblical true gospel? Maybe not in all the outworkings of it, but in this, the true gospel. Maybe speak to that?
1: Yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of a difficult question, as I think you might uh, could relate to somehow, uh, because where do you draw the line? But uh, since uh, 80 years or so, uh, we've had social democracy, soft socialism. Uh, which is
0: seventy-seven percent doesn't sound soft to me, but okay, I hear you. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, but it's not, you know, it's not like the experiments in in Venezuela or China or you know the mass murders and all that. Uh, so it, it's soft in that sense. Uh, but that's an atheist philosophy, uh, ideology, uh, and they were really clever uh, early on. They understood that if if socialism is going to you know, take a grip uh, in, on the country. We need to win the church. So they infiltrated the church of Sweden, the state church. It, we've had a state Lutheran church since 1524, so early on in the Reformation. Uh, and, and the church has been a political, political scheme since. Uh, so it didn't really catch fire in, in people's hearts. It was just a way to bring order and unity to the country. Uh, so it's thoroughly atheist uh, these days. I think How around thoroughly? I think around 80% would be self-professing atheists, while at the same time a significant portion of the population would still be members at the state church, the former state church. So a big chunk of the population are professing atheists, while at the same time being member being be members at the at the Lutheran Church. Uh, So there's an overlap. Uh, There's a big Muslim population now, a growing, quickly growing Muslim population. So 20% of the Swedish population are first-generation immigrants, predominantly from the Middle East, um, so Muslim, Uh, which means that we have atheists and we have Muslims. And then a, a tiny, tiny shred in the middle there would be evangelicals. Now, evangelical is not a it's not a theological statement in Sweden it's more a sociological statement so uh, being an evangelical means we're not state Lutheran uh, it's just free church it's a, so that's yeah. the distinction it's
0: like how Brits talk about the free church yeah yeah yeah,
1: yeah. and and we we talk about free church evangelical Church um, as synonyms okay. which is really confusing so when we bring out an, an, uh, you know an old evangelical Statement of faith, such as the what's the name in English? The the Netherlands, uh, help me now. It's the the, the Belgic, the the Belgic, yeah. Uh, in I think it's article 23 in that it's it's, it has a uh, it it lays lays out the 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 marks of a true church, Uh, it would lay out three marks of, of a true. Church, namely the pure preaching of the gospel and the pure administration of the sacraments, including church discipline. Uh, and in that, so if, if that's the category uh, by which we judge evangelical churches, we, we have none. Um, if we have a category that says just a pure preaching of the gospel, I don't know, man. It's, it's difficult.
0: Okay, in Gothenburg, how many churches do you feel pretty confident mean to preach the gospel and actually believe the gospel, at least the leaders do when they want the people to? Uh,
1: the Pentecostal church, the church I was thrown out of, and our church. That's,
0: that's, oh, wait, I'm sorry. That uh, sounds uh, like uh, the beginning uh, of a joke.
1: There, there's an... <laughs> <laughs> There's also an, an international Baptist church.
0: There's a, okay, and there's an international. So in a town of one million, you can think of four churches. Yeah. And like the, the Pentecostal church, the church that you now pastor, I mean, how many people are we talking? Are we talking a couple thousand people? Are we talking a couple hundred people here? Um,
1: yeah, 1,500 perhaps.
0: 1,500. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And,
1: and, you know, uh, in that church, I know that well, uh, I've been sitting in numerous times and in, in with people wanting to be baptized, I just asked a, a few follow-up questions uh, because these would have been people who also went, wanted to, to get asylum in Sweden. So, getting, a, you know, getting baptized would mean that they could argue that uh, it's threatening for them to go back to their home country. Uh, and just for me to ask a few follow-up questions would be, uh, I don't see them anymore. And I, then I hear they're baptized at a Pentecostal church two weeks later. So uh, uh, the overwhelming majority of the members would not be uh, arguably Christian, at least not from a reformed evangelical standpoint.
0: Mm. In a church that would think about the right preaching of the Word, yeah. the right administration of the ordinances, baptism, Lord's Supper, and by extension, church discipline, you're the only one in Gothenburg? Yeah. And that's not you being proud?
1: No. No, that that's
0: that's you being sad.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, and that's, that, that's the fact. In Stockholm. Well, we planted one church in Stockholm, so there there's fifteen people there.
0: One five.
1: Yeah, one five. Uh, and then we planted a church in Engholtsvik, which is uh, a few hours up. Uh, so there's one there. Uh, small, I don't know, thirty-five thousand people in the city, mm-hmm. and a church would. Ten members.
0: So f- metaphorically, and all, it's cold, hard ground. Yeah,
1: yeah. However, it, things are happening. Uh, so that's, that's why I'm so busy. Um, mm. And Maybe you wanted to get to that later.
0: Yeah, well, maybe yeah, I do, and I'll, I'll get there shortly. What do you think would be the, one of the biggest obstacles to the average Swede in hearing and responding to the gospel? What are they going to struggle with? What are they going to be confused by?
1: It's a good question. I, I like the word "post-Christian" when it comes to um, naming our society. Uh, an anecdote that I that I like to tell that I think is is, is illustrative is is that uh, I worked. I used to work with marketing. Uh, I started in a new job at a marketing agency. Uh, central Gothenburg downtown or like on one of these cool places so it was me uh, and there were 34 creatives in that and when I got there uh, they were really uh, you know I-, I was very exotic because nobody was a Christian and not only that nobody knew any Christians so nobody had a Christian granny N- nobody had a Christian friend so nope until I got there nobody had someone who could tell them the gospel uh, so if you explain the gospel, it's, it's just so foreign. Uh, so they need to process it. I need to tell them over and over again because they're just, it's just completely foreign for them. Mm. Uh, so often it takes time. Uh, very rarely would I say that someone would come to Christ instantly because there's, there's nothing invested in them. They don't have the, the basic furniture. They, they just don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it would take a lot of time, uh, but then on the other hand, if I I, I really like that because if uh, when when people are coming from other churches joining our church, it would take maybe twice the work, three times the work to kind of help them unlearn unhealthy stuff they they caught on, on, on in other churches. So I really like the discipling of of atheists that have have no you know previous church experience.
0: Mm-hmm. Huh. Um I wanna get to your ministry more uh, specifically in a second, but just thinking who Johnny is, life, family, Sweden, some of the things he shared. Any questions from you all? I just wanna stop two points and take questions. Any questions from you guys? We got one over here. Just go ahead and just speak loudly and I'll repeat it. You speak excellent English, where did you pick pick it up? Thank
1: you, that's very nice of you. we, uh, we teach English um, from fourth grade when I was a kid, uh, now from first, uh, first grade. Uh, but, you know, school English is not really helpful. It maybe provides the basic grammar. Uh, so for me, I guess I picked up some when I moved to Washington for six months.
0: Okay, you pick it up quickly, I think, is what we're hearing. <laughs> yeah, Danny.
1: Purpose of life, Uh, where did the world came from? What's the purpose of life? So purpose uh, would be uh, uh, very much enjoying yourself, um, meaningful friendships, uh, the here and the now. Um, So it's very difficult for someone, let's say my wife uh, becomes very, very sick and I need to care for her and I need to, let go of, of lots of comforts in life just for, for, the, for the sake of another. That's very difficult for, for a Swedish person to explain, because why would I? It's so much about the here and now, so it's just easier for me to cut that bond off, uh, so that I can enjoy myself. Uh, when it comes to uh, where did it all come from, I guess it's it's a unreflected Big Bang Theory. Um, you know, when, when you're in the majority, uh, you don't usually need very good arguments mm. to, to, for your position. You, it's just what everybody else thinks. Uh, it's when you're in the minority that you need to understand the other and you need to kind of poke at the weak spots there. Uh, but as a majority, mm. well, it's just what everybody else thinks, and I tend to not think much about it. Mm.
0: Mm. It's interesting. Good observation.
1: Hey, I think they're awesome. I I I'm not I'm not a great you know I don't follow them very closely. <laughs>
0: the Swedish curling team I have the no idea. Do you know how team. they did in the Olympics? But I
1: think they I think they keep winning Olympic golds. I think they're that good. Uh, I don't know why. How can you be that good in curling? How can well I don't know. But yeah.
0: Yeah. It's where, people who played hockey and blew out their knees curl. That's <laughs> oh, just a thought. There you have All it. All right, Brian. There you
1: A very, uh, firstly, I think that's a, a very accurate assessment uh, that uh, we just haven't given our, our faith on to the next generation. And uh, could you be going that way, that way? I think, well, you have look at Sweden, we're, we're a number of years ahead, and sure, we're much more extreme when it comes to politics and so on, uh, but the same tendency would be for the rest of the Western hemisphere. Uh, so, there's loads of lessons, I think. Uh, we're at the end game of, of nasty things. Um, so, but, but nonetheless, you know, God's much bigger than that. He's, he's, not, he, <laughs> he's not afraid of this. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's loads of lessons to be learned. I was not taught um, anything in the Christian faith, even though both my parents profess. Uh, faith they just left me off at the church a very liberal church who who, who did not teach me the gospel uh, so if that's the way you're being brought uh, you, you don't see your parents pray you don't see their faith being lived out uh, well what are you gonna do as a kid uh, you, you have no chance I mean uh, it's so so I think that's that's super important for us to to bring that back, uh, to strengthen the families and help the parents to give on, to pass on the beautiful uh, gift that we've received by grace.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. We're going to hold on questions because I want to hit a few more topics and then we'll circle back. Um, So you planted a church, eighth Baptist. You couldn't come up with something more like original, unique, novel. Yeah. What's the story there? Yeah,
1: what's the story? So, Maybe I Maybe
0: why and plant.
1: Yeah. Do you want me to tell me the story about the big church that I pastor? Hmm.
0: Can you do it in like four sentences? It's 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 a really hard season.
1: Well, yeah, it's a it's a hard season. I my wife and I when we joined when we came to Gothenburg, we joined this big established Baptist church that was started in 1861 by the, the real Baptist pioneers, reformed guys. Uh, I became the senior pastor of that church and I tried to preach the gospel. I was thrown out of that church. So- Thrown
0: out because of your gospel preaching? Yes, Because right. so many of the members were not converted.
1: Because during the 1900s, the church had become, just as, as um, the rest of the denomination had become so liberal. So they could not stomach the fact that there's a hell, uh, that their children might be going to hell. Uh, that and, and I'm not a very confrontational guy, not at, well. I'm a very n- unconfrontational guy. I would go to l- at length to avoid that stuff, uh, but I have to preach what the text says, and that was just too much. Uh, so uh, I was thrown out, that was a hard season. Uh, and six months later, uh, we were ready to plant. Uh, we were just a small, small uh, group of friends who planted, and we call the church Eighth Baptist because there have been seven strong Baptist churches during the 1900s that carried the torch of Reformed baptism. They were all gone. Uh, so we, were in, in uh, saying Eighth Baptist, we wanna communicate, we're picking this dead tradition up and we're not doing anything new. You don't expect any smoke machines, any laser shows. We're just doing the things that Christian has been doing for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. So hence the boring name uh, and the awkward name. Uh, we also chose, a, a picked a, a, a local name, so we also call the church Parkway Church because we met at Parkway Street.
0: Yeah. But you don't meet there anymore. Nope. So it's kind of 8th Baptist.
1: It's kind of 8th Baptist. Yeah. yeah.
0: Now, um, you could have planted an English-speaking church. Mm-hmm. Your English is certainly good enough to do that. And it would have been a bigger church, would it not? Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Because of internationals?
1: Yeah, yeah. There's lots of expats, lots of yeah English-speaking workers in town.
0: But why? So why didn't you do that?
1: Well, we wanted to reach the indigenous. We want to reach the Swedes. Uh, there's a lot of you know, we could coast along and and uh, have people coming and and lots of funds and all that. But doing that, we don't reach the the heart of the people. So what we're working for is a reformation in Sweden. Uh, And and we can only do that by setting up indigenous churches. Uh, So we we chose the much more difficult path. Uh, And and in many ways, the the more obvious and and natural thing for us to do. Uh, If we wanted a big church, we could have done that. But we're all Swedes. So, hey, let's speak Swedish.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Makes sense. (laughs) Um, Just tell us a little bit about 8th Baptist. How many members, how many elders... What does a week typically look like? Does your Sundays do they look like our Sunday morning gathering?
1: Yeah, so um, we planted a church four years ago. Thirteen founding members. Thirteen. Thirteen. One, three, uh, three elders. Uh, so that's kind of big ratio. Uh, I'm uh, jealous of that ratio. Yeah, that's a nice ratio. Uh, it's 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 wonderful actually. I recommend it. Um, Four years later, we are still three elders. We, we lost one, he moved to America, and we gained another one. Um, f- uh, 34 members, did I say that? 34 members, um, 50, 60, 70 people in, in attendance Sunday morning. Uh, we would meet on 10.30 in the morning. Just like we do. And then uh, 5 p.m. in the evening. Um,
0: do your services at 10.30 look similar to ours?
1: Very similar, very similar. Uh, not as cool music, though. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. But other than that... I'm working similar. on the smoke machines. <laughs> All right,
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> He's laughing. He knows better. He knows better. He's and this, like, I mean, you, you sing <laughs> King of Love, My Shepherd is. I know that.
1: Yeah. That we do. Also, I translated All I Have is Christ in Swedish, so we sing that too.
0: Oh, wow. That's great. Uh,
1: so thank you, brother, for, for picking that song. Uh, what an excellent fit for the sermon. Mm. Um,
0: What's your Sunday evening? Uh, in attendance? Uh, no, what, is, what do you do on Sunday It's evening? very
1: similar to this. We don't have interviews, uh, but uh, it's basically me handing out... You said this uh, was coffee talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, me handing out prayer requests, uh, a f- uh, 10, 15-minute talk. Uh, we do the Lord's Supper every Sunday evening. Well, hey, wait, I'm, I'm, I'm not truthful here. We meet every other Sunday evening. Okay. Uh, and every time we meet, we do the Lord's Supper. Uh, Because we felt that there were so many visitors in the morning service, and and we felt it difficult to fence the table, because whatever I said, it didn't really compute with the visitors. So we felt we were just doing the family time, and if we have any visitors, it's much easier to to deal with that.
0: Mm. I've been a part of two churches that did that. Really? Did it in the evening predominantly, Mm. for that very reason, because of all the visitors, and just... The social pressure they felt to take, not realizing the kind of judgment yeah. they could be eating and drinking upon themselves. First Corinthians eleven. Yeah. So it was celebrated in the evening. Yeah. Uh, and you, are you ready to plant a church? Is that true?
1: Uh, from our church, yes. Uh, so God willing, this this fall uh, we will be sending ten members to another part of town, uh, and they will plant a very local. Uh, so we're we we want to be a city center church. It sounds you know like we're this mega church. We're still 34 members, uh, but we want to, uh, the members are spread out across the, site, across the city, uh, and these 10, they want to plant a local church around those very specific area in, in town to, mm-hmm. to, to uh, have a more uh, day-to-day fellowship and, and reach that, that block. Mm. Um, so that's, that's exciting. Uh, we look forward to that, even though it, it will be strange to lose the third of our 34 members. (laughs) Mm. Mm. But we look forward to that.
0: Mm. I'm going to stop here and just see what questions you all might have for for Johnny. Look at these questions shoot up. Yes. Okay. But pick, pick one first. So what's the population of sort of their church in comparison to other churches in Sweden?
1: Yeah. Um, Do you mean like how big churches usually are in Sweden? Yeah. Yeah. So we have the the church that I pastor and was thrown out of that's 450 members. That's considered huge. That's a a prominent church. Uh, Many churches, the church that I grew up in would be 50 to 100, 125. That would be kind of average. uh, Over 100 would be a big church. Yeah.
0: So is our building did that seem large to you?
1: It it, it freaked me out. <laughs> yeah. I was I was scared to death. Hey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, you would appreciate Harshit cuz you know Harshit. Yeah, a yeah, yeah. yeah Harshit well. when he's hard building he's like this wouldn't work for me this would work yeah he's like this won't work for me it's not functional and he's like no no i mean yeah it's funny but you know internationals have been, like when they come to our building they all have different experiences of it yeah in a place where Christianity is not prominent right. and they just you don't have resources to build things like this that yeah. to bring that kind of people right. so so you were freaked out by it that's great that's really funny uh, yeah question here So, you want to try and summarize that? Yeah, so
1: as a pastor in, a, in this small congregation, what challenges do I have in, in um, discipling these people as opposed to the culture that surrounds us? Um, you know, being a pastor in a small church, I love that. I, I just love that. I, we have a beautiful little, um, I keep forgetting the name in English. Directory? Directory. Uh, and I'm as a pastor of a small church. I can pray for every member and all of the children every day. Uh, and we, as elders, we can discuss every member, so we know exactly how each member have it are, are do, doing spiritually. Uh, which creates it just creates wonderful opportunities for us to disciple people, uh, and also it creates a wonderful opportunities for us to to create this culture of. Bible reading of, of mutual discipling of encouragement that that we all uh, are striving for as churches, so I I enjoy that thoroughly and and by God's grace we see lots of fruit from that. Uh, so we're very different, obviously, from from the society outside. But whenever we have visitors, and that's quite often, uh, <laughs> people at the church are missionaries. They they. All are very intent on welcoming newcomers, uh, helping them get settled, you know, witnessing to them and, and meeting up. So uh, I enjoy that very much. Uh, it's, it's missions, and it's missions at its best, uh, I'd like to argue. Hmm.
0: There's a question in the back. Yeah. Are there any Is there opposition to starting churches? Yeah, opposition to starting churches. Yes, yeah,
1: so, so uh, in my previous church, I was part of the establishment. Uh, I I taught at universities, I spoke at conferences, and so on. Uh, when I was thrown out, especially when I came out, uh, or rather when it was, when it became publicly known that I'm a complementarian and that I'm reformed. Uh, I was, I was very much stigmatized, so I'm not doing anything like that anymore. <laughs> I'm just preaching at, at, at my local church and helping guys f- throughout the country planning uh, similar churches. Uh, so you have to be willing to, to be stigmatized and, and to get that look. Uh, because we, as, as Swedes, we uh, despise all kinds of authority claims so if we talk about the Bible as a supreme authority, if we talk about authority uh, of, of uh, you know, between man, female, pastor, all kinds of, if you even talk about the authority of, of the government, uh, Swedes tend to resent that. Uh, so, well, that's something that you just have to deal with uh, and live with, and, and the sooner the better, I think.
0: Mm. Are any other questions for Johnny? Yeah. Down there Look, in the corner. Okay, yeah, Colby.
1: Yeah, when did I aspire to become an elder, a pastor? Uh, it was very difficult, Very, it's, it's a complicated answer to that because I, um, uh, I'm sorry I didn't read your book, brother.
0: It's uh, <laughs> totally fine. I'm sitting here, I'm like, oh, precious cold.
1: Alberto gave me a bunch of them. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I passed out a bunch of them. Yeah, you uh, haven't read it. But yeah, I haven't
0: okay. read it. That's yeah. okay, that's okay, I, actually, I hear that a lot. <laughs> um, By the way, it's a booklet. <laughs> It's a 6,000 word thing, isn't it? It's longer than that, but yes, it's still a booklet. Keep going, brother. Yeah. Uh,
1: I hear it's good though. Mm. Uh, (laughs) I did not grow up in a healthy church, so uh, I I was working with marketing. I I felt fed up with that uh, for for many reasons. I went into a class at the university. I took a class in Hebrew. I love that, and I had been reading philosophy, Aristotle, on my, you know, since I was a teenager. Uh, So I I knew I loved that as well. Uh, So I thought um, I might, you know, be a pastor in one of those churches that I um, uh, grew up in. During my second year in seminary, I discovered Reformed uh, doctrine, um, particularly the the doctrine of God, uh, which. Created problems for me because suddenly I couldn't pastor in any of the established churches because they just hate that. Uh, and and long story short, later on I I was invited to do the pastoral internship at Capitol Hill Baptist Church, and that's where I learned about biblical churches. That's where I learned a, a biblical doctrine of what a church is, and that got me you know born again again. You know I was born again. I was born again when I found born again again when i found reformed doctrine and then was born again 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 uh, when i found this um nine marks uh, stuff mm-hmm. uh that you all write so well mm. uh, so uh, and and that just messed thing up things up i couldn't you know i couldn't minister in any given church uh, so we need new churches not so that i can have a job but because <laughs> we need biblical churches
0: yeah. Amen. Amen. I think I want to stop there just in the interest of time, um, but we'd love some ways to pray for you. Wes is going to pray uh, for Anna. Any other ways we could be praying for you, for the ministry? Um, maybe sure, share a few, and uh, John Henderson, would you pray for whatever else he's going to share?
1: Yeah, so, I haven't mentioned this, but what I spend most of my time doing during the week is mentoring and helping guys across the country. Uh, to I'm teaching them what a local church is. I'm helping them in preaching and so on. Uh, and, and these guys are very raw. They're first generation Christians, so they have really no idea what they're doing as 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 a church, uh, and they can do pretty ugly, rather stupid mistakes. Um, so pray that I would be wise and patient in in dealing with these. These men, I mean, these are my brothers. I love them, uh, but sometimes they just drive me crazy. Um, and, and I think you know, what we see very much is, is God's hand in all this. He's, he's really raising up a new generation of believers in Sweden, believers who are willing to take a stand. They are zealous to the, to the bone. Uh, they're not afraid of anything. They're just really, really untrained. <laughs> Uh, so help, pray for me as I try to help them and guide them, mentor them. You
0: give maybe half your time to the church and half the time to help training up other men and sending them out.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe three days a week to training others, uh, Saturdays into sermon prep, and then just I don't know what I do the rest of the time.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Phone calls, emails, writing. Your uh, dad. Yeah. A husband. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Those things. Those things. Yeah. yeah. Great. Uh excellent. Okay. So uh John, those are some other things we be praying for, brother.